Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, I am doing my instant reaction to episode five of Secret Invasion, The Harvest. All that right after this, baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll and I am here to chat about Episode 5 of Secret Invasion. Uh, it just seems they've really, like, getting... Uh, spoiler alert. You know, I don't want to jump in too quick here. For people not familiar with the show, uh, we talk in a spoilery way. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm solo tonight. Jeff could not make it, um, so we're doing the solo thing. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, uh, man. So this episode was really good, but it is very much a getting the pieces in place episode. Um, we had a few things confirmed. Uh, somebody on the show, uh, and I don't remember who, so forgive me, whoever it was, we were literally talking about what is the harvest? What is the harvest? I think it may have been Jeff, and we were talking about the idea of it like it was it, the scrolls may have been going and cleaning up after battles and finding, a, finding a, you know, these body parts and stuff. And it's interesting because the harvest ends up being exactly that. And not only. Uh, any battle, but the Battle of Earth. So, the battle uh, fighting Thanos uh, right uh, after the blip. Like, that's that's so cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Just, like, how tied in to the universe that is. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, there's a few things uh, going on here, though. You know, uh, I want to say it was Dylan, uh, one of our patrons who wrote in talking this week about... Um, how Fury needed to get his act together because he's kind of letting uh, Gravik kill all of his friends and not doing anything to stop him or like, I don't know, not being mad enough. And I gotta say when he didn't shoot Rhodey, I was like, what the hell? Cause okay. So yeah, there's guys with guns on you, but like, as soon as you shoot him, he's going to turn into a scroll revealing that he, you know, shouldn't have had that power to begin with. So I just felt like that was weird to let Rhodey walk. And then Rhodey to surround him with guys with guns when he's about to be the most, you know, hated man, most wanted man. Like, why does, I guess Rhodey was just told by Gravik to let him go, let him, uh, because I guess the real goal is not this war, but Gravik wants the harvest. And I don't know, I guess that, that means that Gravik's more interested in getting the superpowers than he is 
starting the war that he's been talking about. I guess once he has superpowers, he could, uh, or or especially if they all have all of the combined powers of the Avengers, um, the Skrulls could be very powerful and do whatever they want. So it is short-sighted for Nick to give it, just like um, Olivia Colman's character said, uh, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is your... You didn't do this because it was a terrible idea. You had needed to protect him because it was dangerous, and now your plan is to give it to him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I just found the whole through line of like I want Fury to go a little more all out here. I really do, and I know that's what they're setting up for next episode with him like getting out his duster and his eye patch. And all his weapons, like I, I know that they're setting up that he's about to do, pull some real Nick Fury stuff, and this show has been a journey of him going from uh, being kind of a beaten down man to th- what he's going to be in this next episode. Um, at least that's what it looks like, and I'm I'm hopeful for that. But it just feels like there's some plays he didn't play. I really feel like you should have just capped Rhodey right there <laughs> and showed uh, that he was a scroll. Like, I, you know, pull, pull him in front of you and like uh, so he's a human shield and then he becomes a scroll shield and then no one trusts him anymore. And then maybe you could even uh, get the president to understand that you're not the uh, villain and then somehow you get off from being hunted and it just it just all felt a little sloppy. That bothered me, clearly. It's like the main thing I'm talking about here on this instant reaction. All that being said, like I think this motivation of Gravix to become more powerful is interesting, although kind of uh, a little more normal for like a normal villain thing, you know what I mean? Uh, he seems like he cares more now about the power than actually getting them a home, and like he's killing scrolls left and right. He seems to have completely lost his compass. Um, and he's not really fighting for their freedom anymore. He's just fighting to like put them down. I don't know. Like uh, he's just fighting for himself and the people that he wants to have power to have power. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think that makes him a somewhat less compelling villain than, uh, you know, as we've many times talked about, like a killmonger who can win the moral argument. This graphic is not winning the moral argument. Like he he has that chance, but the the way he's going about it in this case, like killing all his fellow scrolls, especially one for just for questioning him um, near the beginning of the episode. Uh, forgetting forgetting the guy's name, but he he questions him. And he murders him and says, that guy failed me. And it's like, mm, you, you, you know, he was just questioning you. I, I think he had also failed slightly before. It just all felt, uh, graphic has really gone over the deep end. I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting setup. I'm digging it. Gaia at Priscilla's house was probably my favorite part of this episode. Um, their conversation was great. Priscilla talking about... Uh, their life together. And I really, you know, we got kind of an answer to that thing about Fury liking that face and her, how she changed right as he got home. That was a question we all had. Um, I still feel like that's weird. We all feel like that's weird, I feel like. I think we've talked about it, but I've been a bit of a defender of it. And I guess, like, 
Scylla is a defender of it as well, that's saying that, like, you know, I, I guess the idea there is that you, like, she has a belief that you sort of have to compromise and change for your partner sometimes, but that's seems like kind of a big one. I don't know. So it, it, it feels, you know, kind of racist, I guess, of Fury, like not to love her for who she is. Um, or like to love her for you who she is, but not accept her face. Um, it feels weird. And it, and it feels like it's something that he wants, uh, not just something she's doing for herself. Cause she says like, you don't know what it means to make a relationship work. And like, you know, it, it is true that relationships take compromise and sometimes you have to like have parts of yourself that you work on for the other person, but it just doesn't feel like that sort of a thing. Um, I don't know. In my, in my experience, like my, you know, whatever, my limited life experience, as it were, uh, I only have one of them, so I'm, I'm not the wisest man, but, uh, you know, yeah, you can like work on some, some way you're acting that hurts them because it hurts them or work on, uh, you know, things that aren't even necessarily bad about yourself, but like they, you work on things that like don't fit well with your partner. It's weird to be like, yeah, but I prefer a different face than your natural one, especially since like the scrolls really seem to have a passion for being in their own skin. They talk about it over and over, and I can't imagine that Fury doesn't know that and doesn't like expect that Scylla feels the same way. So, I don't know. It, it seems weird that Fury would not be a good enough guy to like be like, yeah, I love you. And they, they, it almost, you know, last episode ago, she, she said, uh, would you have loved me if you'd known the real me? And that being that she was like being just duplicitous. And if you'd known the truth about me, would you have uh, loved me anyway? And he says, we'll never know. But it feels like weird. Like, you do know about this, like, physical attribute of her and who she is, but you don't want to see the real her. Yeah, I don't know. There's something weird about that that, like, doesn't sit right with me. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm being down on a few things in this episode, and I don't really mean to be. It's another really short one. Uh, what is it? What does it clock in at? Like, I, the, I know the file is 38 minutes long, but that's not the actual runtime. The runtime is 33 minutes, so it's it's close to last week, like, really short episodes and I was really hoping this one and the finale would be longer um because we're just getting these very short um episodes that don't feel super fulfilling because they just feel very short. I don't know. I take I, I take that back. Last week I think was a really fulfilling and I I think so far the best episode of the season. Um even though it was the shortest so far. <laughs> the finale better not be 30 minutes. Come on. Come on, guys. Give us a full finale. Um, anyway. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Gravik going off the deep end, like, killing his fellow scrolls. Uh, you know, Beto, who we've kind of gotten to know, him slicing Beto's throat in front of all those people, um, all those scrolls, all his soldiers, and they all look just utterly terrified of him. I guess he's one of the only super scrolls. Is he the only one we've seen? I believe that's the case. Uh, other than Gaia, who's on the other side. So I do feel 
as um, I think it was Ashley who was really pushing the idea that we're going to have to see Gaia and Gravik face off, which I think is probably true. I really thought Gaia would use her powers, which we still don't know if she has any others. I don't know if they're just trying to keep that from us, but I thought she'd use her powers to defend Scylla. Maybe she's trying to keep them secret from Scylla for some reason, but I can't think of why. Uh, the funeral was touching. Mm. It's just, just sad. And, and like the idea that she wants to bury him in the traditional scroll way, but doesn't know the words to the prayer because she's lived her life not really living a scroll life, you know? Um, yeah. Some touching stuff in this episode. Some really touching stuff. Some really uh, interesting things. I, they, I, have to, I might have to go back and listen to it again, but they talked about um, the area where um, Fury first led the scrolls uh, and how it came from a people who had moved there and like had nothing, had a struggle to, to make it, and talks about the life of struggle and how that's what Talos lived. And he didn't fail, but he, he lived a life of struggle. He lived a life to try for something, you know? He strived, and that's not a failure. Just because you don't make it in your lifetime, you, you still strive for the freedom of your people. And that's uh, it's good. It, it, I enjoyed that stuff a lot. Um, gosh, I cannot remember. Sonia. I was trying to think. I can't remember Olivia Coleman's character's name. But uh, it's Sonia. Sonia was awesome this episode. Uh, going around basically hunting scrolls, and she's just really, really funny. Uh, there's that line, she says something like, we could be best friends, or we could be, I'm devilishly good at being not best friends. <laughs> that was good. I can be a very good best friend, or I'm devilishly good at being not best friends. Um, And she seems to be, and killing that scroll over the shoulder of the other scroll um, I'm assuming that will, uh, that earned the trust of that scroll, since the, the the male scroll or the male whatever who knows what they are under, but uh the male scroll was not uh, was was threatening to kill her. Yeah, that was rough. Oh, and we find out Rhodey's scroll name, which I'm spacing on right now, but it. It's not Varanki, it's not Soren, so I don't know that we know anything about the scroll that is Rhodey. So that answers that question. She may be a comics character, in which case, uh, some of you guys who know the, follow the comics, please write in and let us know. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow during the full review, because this is just my instant reaction, and I have rambled on for a good 15 minutes now. Really loving the show. Um, it really is really good. I think it would have been better if they'd like combined a couple episodes, uh, run times or something. Cause the, it, you know, we've talked about it many times, but these, these shows that are more like six hour movies than they are shows. Uh, sometimes the chopping up of them does not feel good. It just doesn't feel like a week to week show. I've talked about it on, I believe this podcast and, and many other podcasts, but, when a show is done well, there's something different about episodic TV uh, than movies, and that is each episode should have 
a beginning, middle, and end, like an arc to it. And and it's always true. There's going to be see if you're doing a season long arc. There's going to be episodes that don't feel that way. And this was just one of those. You know, it just feels like to me like pieces are moving around, and they're kind of like setting up motivations for people to have the finale instead of this episode feeling like a meal. Now, last episode, Beloved, felt like a meal. Like, I, I felt that episode completely. Um, really felt like it had a lot going on. It really felt like it had a beginning, middle, and end, and an arc for the characters. And and just some beautiful, beautiful dialogue. This one just kind of feels like m- moving pieces on a chessboard, getting them in place for the final battle. And I always say this when that happens in a second-to-last episode. A pendulum episode, as Ashley would say. If they're going to take an episode to be more like putting pieces in place and not really give me a meal from that episode, I want the finale to be good. Make that sacrifice worth it. You know, if you need a uh, episode to get everyone where you need them emotionally and physically, like make sure that the episode that you're setting them up for is really killer. And so I have high expectations for next week. I want it to be good. Uh, and I want it to be longer. Come on, give me some, give me some meat next week. Oh, I almost forgot to mention one really neat little canon connection we got in this episode. Uh, we got to see Mason again, which I don't even think they mentioned his name in this episode. But the guy setting up the flight for Fury to get around the law was the same one who set up the flight for Black Widow in Black Widow. So that was a really neat little connection. I thought that was awesome. Uh, just they didn't they didn't call it out they didn't force it it was just of course Fury would be using the same smuggler uh, that Nat used because you know they worked in the same circles and have some of the same connections I, I think that's really cool um, and I like that actor a lot he was a main character on Handmaid's Tale really really great and so uh, just cool to see him again and uh, yeah neat it was neat. Um, well, that is about all for this episode tonight. If you like what we do here, uh, we do have a new show called Multiverse News uh, that we're really trying to grow and show people. And so many of you have reached out and said how much you like the show. So if you like what we do at Stranded Panda, if you like any of the podcasts, uh, you will hear voices you know from around our network. Um, and uh, yeah. Every week on Wednesday morning, same day this is dropping, we drop a a Multiverse News episode. So if you like this, please check out that. Uh, Multiverse News everywhere you get podcasts, and we drop it on YouTube. It's a video podcast, and so if you watch it on Spotify, I believe it's a you can see video version, uh, or YouTube. So hope you guys will check that out, and uh, keep coming back for more Secret Invasion! I don't know why I did like my ghosty voice. Okay, (laughs) talk to you guys soon. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. And a huge shout out to both. That's right, there's two of them now. Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. 
And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv.